0: The Lord be with you, and with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly, from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed and on the third day be raised. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. He turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are thinking, not as God does, but as human beings do. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? Or what can one give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in his Father's glory, and then... He will repay all according to his conduct. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Praise God and for another day. Before we dive into these amazing readings that we have for the Holy Mass, I have a homework assignment for you. Homework assignment. I love giving homework. But it's a great homework assignment because it's watching a movie. As you know, in school, you know, whenever your teacher walked in and said, hey, today's movie day. Oh, we loved it in school, didn't we? Just popping a movie and boom. A new movie came out on Friday. It was released. It's called simply Fatima. It's about the events in 1917 where the Blessed Mother appeared to three shepherd children in Portugal. And from that event, she prophesied about that century, the 20th century. So when she appeared in 1917, World War I was raging. And our Blessed Mother told the shepherd children to pray the rosary for peace for the end of the war. But then she had some other stark predictions. She said, if humanity did not stop offending God, that a worse world war would follow. And we all know what that war was. World War II. Most devastating war we've ever seen. Then she also said that if humanity did not respond to her message in Fatima, that Russia would spread her errors throughout the world. Because what that error was, communism, did that happen? Absolutely. The spread of the errors of Russia would be the direct result of over 100 million people died in our, in our world, 100 million. And in fact, their errors are still persisting today. The direct result of their global shutdown from China, from the COVID epidemic, that's a direct result of the Communist Party of China because they were so insular trying to protect their their, their image and, 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 and their economy and their state that they caused COVID to spread when we should, they should have locked it down. This is a direct result of communism in China, so it's all related. But it's also, But there's a powerful message of hope, though, and so I want to recommend the movie Fatima to you. You can stream it in all, all, all the different avenues. You can rent it now because you know, theaters are shut down too. So you can stream it. It's a little pricey because they're trying to make up losses for not having showing in theaters. It's $20 to, to stream it. But don't worry, I get 5% of, uh, <laughs> of all of that. So you're doing me a favor, huh? <laughs> but but uh, I think it's important to, street, uh, to watch that movie and to learn that powerful history. Our blessed mother appeared to three shepherd children, and the message that reverberated from that little town spread throughout the whole world. And oh, how it was pertinent today. So rent it. It's a beautiful movie, done well. Fatima. And make sure there's a lot of different movies of Fatima, so it's the one that's released a couple of days ago. So watch it and love it. But let's get into these readings. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Again, if you watch the news, it seems like our whole country is on fire, doesn't it? You watch it, and again, the riots are persisting everywhere. And you feel it, don't you, when you look out into the world, just how everything seems unsettling. Since the riot started a couple months ago, over thirty people have been killed. Businesses destroyed, burned. And can you imagine the heartbreak of these of these poor small business owners? They barely survived the COVID shutdown. And then all of a sudden, the glimmer of light, they start to open up their business, and then boom, a riot hits. And you hear all of the stories of these poor restaurant owners, these poor business owners saying, I can never open up again. And the heartbreak of these business owners, their lives changed forever. Schools still shut down, parents scrambling, trying to figure out what to do now to how to educate their kids. The economy still limping along. And it shows, I think, a huge indicator of, of what the unrest is causing us in our country. We set a, a nation record for gun sales this past few months. There are five million new gun owners, new ones, not just other people buying whoever they had guns and buying more, but people who said, I need to take matters into my own hands now. Because these politicians are not guarding our cities and our neighborhoods. They're holding back. Police are holding back. You talk to police today, they'll tell you. There are more at arm's length now. So let me ask you, leading up now to the November elections, do you think this is going to get better or worse? Worse. Worse. You feel the tension already in the air. It takes—it's almost as if with COVID, with the economy, with the with the social unrest that's being caused in our cities, it's almost—it's almost like it's every—all the conditions are set, and it's not going to take much just to—it's almost like the fire that's raging all around us, isn't it? All of the smoke here is so depressing. <laughs> you go outside, you're like ah, you go back inside. You don't want to go outside anymore. It's almost as if the smoke is a perfect analogy to the soul of our nation because everybody's just on, ten, on, on it's tension, unease. And so now the question becomes how are we going to respond? What do we do? Enter the gospel and amazing readings today. So Jesus now says, and the context of, what, of, of, the, of the chronology of this, so recall from last Sunday's readings, Jesus asks his disciples, the 12, who do you say that I am? And then Peter speaks up and he's, he has the right answer. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. He gets the right answer. He recognizes it. Because remember, at that time, nobody knew who Jesus was. They didn't know. But Peter recognized it. You are God incarnate. And so now Peter, God changes his name there to Peter, and he says, upon this rock I will build my church. And immediately after that, we have the gospel today. So Peter gets the right answer, and then Jesus, for the first time, begins to reveal his fuller mission. He says to the twelve, I must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly. I will be killed. Imagine the shock of the twelve at the words of Jesus today. Imagine if somebody that you loved told you, I'm going to go to this city over here, and when I go there, I'm going to be tortured and killed. How would you react? Now you get to understand Peter's response. He says that Peter, after hearing about the mission of Jesus, that he's going to go to Jerusalem and be crucified, that he takes Jesus aside and says, Jesus, no, I will never let this happen. Just like any of us, we will do anything. If we knew that our loved one was going to be killed, we would do everything in our power to stop it. Ah, but Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, because you are thinking as human beings do. What does he mean by that? We have a natural aversion to suffering. Every one of us. If we're sick, we got a headache, we take a pill, we want it to go away. If our back hurts, we go see the doctor because we want the pain to stop. And so rightly so. But Jesus says no, because the means of now of my suffering and my pain will be the means of redemption for humanity. St. Rose of Lima beautifully said that the ladder to heaven is the cross. Jesus continues. He says, if you want to be my disciples, if you want to be like me, you must pick up your cross now and follow me. Now, what would that have meant to the first century hearers? Because as 21st century Christians, when we hear the word cross, it means something radically different than the disciples would have heard here. Because when we see the cross, what do we do? We wear crosses around our necks now, don't we? In fact, when you walked in here, when we used to have holy water pre-COVID, what would you do? We would dip our our fingers into the holy water font, and we trace our bodies with the sign of the cross. Everything that we do, we written in prayer. We begin with the sign of the cross. So when we see the cross now as Christians, we look at it with Devotion and love. Ah, but not for the disciples here who heard these words. Because for them, when they heard the word cross, they immediately would have been terrified. Because what did the cross mean? The cross was the means of execution geniusly devised by Rome. Whenever you see the cross in the first century, the cross was reserved for the most heinous of enemies of the Roman Empire. And the cross, what it represented was was that it it was brilliantly designed. The Romans were absolutely amazing in their brutality. The cross specifically was designed to keep you alive as long as possible in order to inflict as much pain as possible. Everything of the cross that was devised, where they would put the nails in your hands and in your feet, they were targeting the nerves. So that with every breath that you would take on that cross, your body would shoot with pain, electrifying pain all throughout your body. And so when Jesus says, pick up the cross, they would have remembered what that truly meant. And so what the cross is, my brothers and sisters, is the pain, the suffering, the injustice, the ugliness of humanity. That's what the cross is. And so what Jesus says now, if you want to be like me, if you want to be like me, pick up that suffering and that pain. Pick it up. Don't run away from it like human beings do. But rather, embrace it and follow me. And now let's circle back to the question I began with. Our country is hurting right now. Our country is divided right now. People are dying right now. And we all feel it. We, the tension is is, is is boiling under the surface here. We all feel it. And so how do we respond? And so, so what we're going to do, we're, I want to attack this problem as a family. So starting next weekend, next weekend, not this weekend, next weekend, that will begin what we're going to do is a nine-day or nine-weekend novena leading up to the election. So, start, so in other words, starting next weekend, we have nine weekends leading up to the election. And so how are we would respond to this? How can we help contribute? I want to invite you to join me in a rosary for peace. So essentially what we're going to do is I, w- I want to ask you to come to Mass 30 minutes early. Whatever Mass you go to, whether you come to the evening Mass, I know sometimes people bounce around, different Masses. So if you come to the evening Mass, we normally have Mass at 4.30, come at 4. And we'll lead this rosary, it's a beautiful rosary that we found, and it's interspersed with prayers for our nation, specifically. So if you come to Mass on Saturdays, come to Mass at 4, we'll begin this patriotic rosary for peace. And then if you come to Mass on on Sunday mornings, come to Mass at 8 o'clock. And I'll lead the Rosary. Our brothers and sisters at our sister parish in Loyalton—they'll begin it at 10. And so, what it is essentially, we're praying for peace. This is this is this is above Republicans or Democrats, by the way. Whatever side of the aisle you're on, because I know we all have our differences of opinions. But the goal here is is to pray for peace. Because I don't want anybody—I don't want anybody else to die because of this. I don't want anybody's business to be destroyed because of this. And we see just our cities is in turmoil. And the tension that is just under the surface. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm worried. And so what I, the best thing we can do now is to be like Jesus, is to pick up the cross of our country, all of the pain and the suffering of our people. We're going to embrace it. And we're going to beg God for peace. We're going to beg God for peace. And so that's what we can do as Christians and as Americans. Because then, when we do that, we will become like Jesus in the gospel today. And we will embrace all of this pain and the suffering. Because I don't know about you, I'm just tired of seeing people dying and crying and lives destroyed tired of it. So we must respond then now like Jesus. And so that's why Paul says, and I'll end here, I urge you, brothers and sisters, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God, your spiritual worship. Do not conform yourselves to this age but rather be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And that's my goal. There's no better way to respond to this turmoil in our nation than with powerful prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit,